0: Welcome to Geek Exploration, the podcast where you can live in your world and play in ours. I'm Ben Robinson.
1: And I'm John Williams. Get rid of your pixels and grab some polygons. We're talking 3D gaming era. How are you doing, Ben? I'm doing just swell. Just swell. You all swell over there. Yep, you're swelling up. I'm huge. Allergic reaction or are you you pumping the iron?
0: A little bit of column A, a little bit from column B. <laughs>
1: you're you're allergic to exercise. <laughs> yeah, so. that, that sounds
0: about right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're talking 3D gaming area, uh, the almost disc exclusive gaming era, except for that that stalwart Nintendo with its cartridges.
0: Yeah, yeah, kind of the dawn of three dimensions, kind of moving into full worlds as opposed to
1: side-scrolling excitement. Yeah, taking the step up from the Star Fox three dimensions and actually going, going full-rendered polygons in all their chunky glory. Yeah, <laughs> lots of angles and edges. Oh boy, yeah, that, that Lara Croft. <laughs> you, you remember how, how sexy <laughs> and revolutionary she was back then? She's got boobs! Holy shit! <laughs> you go back. She looks like a like a fucking Iron Man armor, or a transformer, or some shit. It's it's uh it's wild.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, she had boobs. So you got to give that was something to be excited about. The fact that they were, you know, maybe four polygons of boobage. Yeah, like they were very, very pointy.
1: This is something totally off topic, but I just want to want to express some happiness I have with the younger generation right now. I was in a comic book store the other day called bizarro world it's in davis and there were these two kids there was a boy and a girl they were probably 11 12 years old they were in there picking up books looking at things and one of them it just caught my ear like one of them the the girl started giggling and picked up a comic book and like showed it to the boy and i glanced over and she pointed at the cover and went boobies and then they both started (laughs) giggling i fucking loved it it made me chuckle inside, and uh, I enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, so Lara Croft's boobies. Boy, that was a big deal in her short shorts. So we're going to be covering uh, the era of the Sega Saturn, the PlayStation, the Nintendo 64, and some some little Klingons, some little dingleberries in there for the ride.
0: A couple of side notes. <laughs> yeah, I think it's collectively referred to as the fifth generation of consoles. Yes, which I think sounds about right. So, uh, so John, um, who didn't learn their lesson and showed up to this party
1: first? Oh, it 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 wasn't Nintendo, that's for sure. <laughs> Fucking Sega. <laughs>
0: Just they got they always got to be first, only to be screwed over.
1: You know, and it's <laughs> it's funny because it it was almost uh like Sega's own hubris. no not hubris but um they didn't need to be first this time around. They weren't scheduled to be first, and they made themselves be first, and they fucked themselves over. So, I guess we'll we'll jump into the Sega Saturn here. Let's go chronologically. Yeah, you know the 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 Sega Saturn. Surprise, surprise. I got that system when it was brand new. I fucking love that system. Going through researching for this, I want to go and get a Saturn so bad. Um, I need to look for a good deal though, because they're they're going for like two hundred bucks. I mean, you can probably find one for a hundred bucks, but. 200 bucks,
0: really? Yeah, I guess everything's getting vintage now.
1: Yes. So the Saturn is known for its spectacular marketing failure. Like the 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 Saturn sunk its own ship. It came out in 1994 in Japan. It sold really well. They completely sold out of their initial run. So Sega got super confident with the selling power of it. I guess. And figured the popularity would transfer over. So they were going to release in nineteen ninety-six in the US, but when Sega of Japan heard that Sony was going to launch their console, or announce it, I guess, at, at E3 in ninety five, they bumped their release schedule up to like a couple months after that, so they could beat the Sony PlayStation to the market. Nobody had any clue at all. They had no fucking idea, so all of a sudden everybody's confused because Sega's got a got a console that's dropping like right now. Some retailers didn't even get it in, and it just it caused mass confusion and some discontentment with fans. You know, the the loyalty went away. There was no Sonic title with uh with the launch of it, so it was oh uh... darn. <laughs> yeah, you were really bummed. Uh, they don't give a fuck about you. You don't play Sega. <laughs> But going back to its uh, to its creation, like speaking of Sony, when uh, when Sega was developing this system, they they wanted to partner with somebody for the hardware creation, and share some of the cost and uh, and some of the production and equipment. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for?
0: Development.
1: Yeah, let's do that. Um, so two two uh, companies they met with. One was Sony. They were uh, developing the hardware together. Sony was all stoked about it, but apparently Sega of Japan thought that they weren't serious enough about creating hardware or something. They discontinued the partnership. So that was strike one for them. The next company they met with was Silicon Graphics, and they found some chipsets and hardware that they thought would be good, and Sega thought that it would have too much silicon in it. Why that's a problem, I do not know.
0: I mean, it was right there in the name.
1: Yeah. Um so they also they Sega bailed on Silicon Graphics too. And guess who Silicon Graphics went and teamed up with? Nintendo? Yes. Yeah, they did. They were instrumental in creating the Nintendo sixty four. So Sega, you dum dums. Yeah, so at that at that E three that I mentioned, all of a sudden they sprung it on the Sega of America chairman that he had to make a presentation about the release of the Saturn. In like two months after that, or something, it was something ridiculous. And out comes Sony for their presentation, where they bring out the uh, head of development for PlayStation, Steve Race, who only came in and just said two hundred and ninety-nine dollars.
0: Yeah, and it was like an hour after Sega had come out and said it's coming out, and it's three yep, hundred <laughs> and ninety-nine dollars. hundred dollars cheaper. And like that's two ninety-nine.
1: That was his thing.
0: Fuck these chumps. <laughs>
1: so. Sega, you, you poor, sad bastards. I love you so much. The Saturn was discontinued after two years, which is, I mean, not counting the, the little dingleberries that we're going to talk about also. I would imagine that's one of the shortest lifespans for any console ever. But it did have some, uh, some standout games on launch, like uh, Virtua Fighter, Daytona USA, Virtua Cop, there were some games like Panzer Dragoon uh, that were really big, and the uh, the 2D Fighters. Did you ever play any of the 2D Fighters uh, on Saturn?
0: I, You know, I, I don't have any memory of ever playing a Saturn in my life. Holy shit! So, um, I don't remember anyone having one.
1: Oh man, I'm just... I mean, other than, apparently you had one, but... Yeah, uh, I definitely had one. I played that a shit ton.
0: Yeah, I remember playing like Dreamcast later on and Sega CD before, but I don't ever remember having much interaction with a Saturn.
1: Yeah, well the the Saturn one thing where it really excelled was it had a, uh, a 4 megabyte RAM cartridge built into it. So with games like Street Fighter Alpha 2 and the Capcom Fighter or I mean I guess they're all Capcom fighters, but the Darkstalkers, the X-Men, Marvel, you know, X-Men versus Street Fighter, all of those games ran super smooth and the animation was complete from the arcade port whereas with like PlayStation they would have to take some of the animation out to make it run more smoothly, so it, it just had better processing power. And I remember hearing something about that even when I was a kid, but that was my thing back then. Me and our buddy Sean, we'd uh, we would just play tons of Street Fighter Alpha Two and X Men versus Street Fighter. I fucking loved those games, and they looked so good on the Saturn.
0: I mean, yeah, that's kind of Sega's thing: superior hardware. Issued poorly, such that it doesn't succeed.
1: Yeah, it's <laughs> like they, true.
0: They, they almost always had something better than what was going on.
1: Yeah, they they just they didn't have the same game support. They were able to get some of the popular ports, like the Resident Evil I remember having, and and Tomb Raider, like we were talking about. They had a missed game, and if I didn't mention it already, like the Panzer Dragoon series was really popular. I I played a couple of those, but man, they just they couldn't hang, and it sucked, and I'm sad. Yeah. I mean shit. <laughs> I almost want to just say, hey, let's let's throw it to uh to PlayStation now or to your to your stuff because I it, it's hard to have a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I've I've already been I've been talking too much. I'm just blabbing because I love Sega and I got that system. I mean, this is another thing where um I got the, the Sega system and then our buddy Preston got uh got the Playstation.
0: Yeah. Well, 1994 was a busy year in Japan for consoles. Yeah. Because, uh, like you said, the, the PlayStation came out right around that same time, as did, uh, in Japan, the Atari Jaguar, which actually had come out in North America in 1993. So we actually got something before the Japanese for once. Oh, man. Unfortunately, it was the fucking Atari Jaguar. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> not, not Nothing really monumental there. So I guess technically it came out first, but I I don't want to lead with the Atari Jaguar. No, it it it, it only sold two hundred and fifty less than two hundred and fifty thousand units ever.
1: Oh geez, and the <laughs> the only reason I have any uh, any perspective on that right now is because I remember when when doing my research seeing that the Saturn sold nine million units. And I'm like I don't know what the fuck that is, but then it's like oh yeah yeah no like like the 64 sold like three hundred or I mean sorry thirty three million or some shit so. And PlayStation over 100 million. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: PlayStation was definitely the juggernaut. But yeah, yeah. So the Atari Jaguar also had a cartridge system um, because it sucked. (laughs) And probably the shittiest controller of this generation.
1: Yeah. What was it like?
0: It was like, uh, it kind of looked like a, you know, it had the three buttons and the the D pad and the start button, you know, kind of the standard Genesis style setup. But then for some fucking reason, underneath that, it had a full numpad.
1: Did they have a lot of games where it was really important to be inputting in numbers? Inputting lots of numbers? I don't know.
0: I never <laughs> played one, but I, I can't remember many games where that was really that useful.
1: I feel like in a past episode, I said that on, on one of those rando systems, it may have been TurboGrafx-16, where I felt like I played it in a Sears, but I think it was actually a Jaguar, because that, that, that sounds awfully familiar. And I if If the Jaguar has a shitty snowboarding game that moves really slowly... It's possible. Then I played one.
0: You could probably find out fairly easy because it only ever had uh, 63 games come out for it.
1: Oh, that's <laughs> not a lot of game support.
0: Thir- 13 of which you had to buy a, an additional $100 CD peripheral <laughs> in order to play. Holy shit. <laughs> so yeah, it, it it died off within three years of its birth. By 1996, it was dead discontinued so uh
1: and that that was probably just pride keeping it limping along like atari didn't have the good sense that sega had with their saturn because there's no way the jaguar deserved to to have a longer shelf life than than the saturn did
0: no no and i think this was the the this was the death knell for for atari yeah the, the, they were this was the final atari console they had been murdered by the competition and i think hasbro bought them or something and just kind of let them go. I think they continued developing games for a little while, but oh, yeah, no yeah. more consoles.
1: Now, did this come after the Lynx then? I would imagine it I
0: it think it was about the same
1: time as the Lynx. Oh, uh, they were just that was their, their final jump. Yeah. Wah wah. Oh yeah, and I guess I do have to correct myself from our last episode when we were talking about the Turbo Graphics 16, I went ahead and looked at uh some comic book ads and those games I was talking about, the Rygar and the Xenophobe and Paperboy, that was totally for the Lynx and not the TurboGrafx-16. I know zero about the TurboGrafx-16 besides their weird ads. Well, you're in luck, John. Oh, yeah? Because
0: that is the correct amount of stuff you need to know about <laughs> the fucking TurboGrafx-16. <laughs> you, will, you, you're, you will not be any poorer
1: yeah. for that. I'm, I'm, I belong to the majority of the world. Also in night in September of
0: '94 in Japan, the uh, Neo Geo CD came out. It okay, was, it was like a whopping four hundred dollars. Never saw one or played one. I did play some of the games on emulators because they had uh, like Metal Slug and shit.
1: Yeah, so was that their jam? Just taking, just doing uh, arcade ports? Because Neo Geo, like pretty I... much.
0: Yeah, they had a decent looking controller though. It had what looked like a analog stick, but was not. Like it moved like a joystick, but it still only had four buttons underneath it that just kind of gave the appearance of a joystick.
1: Oh, what a bunch of boners!
0: Yeah,
1: because D pads, D pads have the or had the, the four directional buttons, and then it just increased to eight. Right, like that's all it ever was for, for a D pad. Well, most of them didn't
0: even increase to eight. It's just if you hit two of them at the same time, it knew to go. Oh, okay, up at an angle.
1: Because for some reason, I feel like I, like I saw a D-pad, and maybe it was Saturn, or maybe they just put a little cap on it. There were like mini arrows between, like it was yeah. like, like the D-pad sat on, on a circle that had little mini arrows between, but maybe that was just the Neo
0: The Neo Geo had the kind of, t- it kind of like rolled around too, it was on like a pivot.
1: Yeah. It's kind of like
0: the Xbox uh, D-pad, which is a humongous pile of garbage. Oh, I wonder if that's the one I'm thinking of. Where it's got the whole, it's got the full ring around it, and you you know it looks like you could press it in a bunch of different directions, but it's just it's such an inaccurate piece of shit. <laughs>
1: Tell me how you really feel. Yeah, I, I
0: that's <laughs> the, my biggest gripe about those controllers, but we'll get to that in a few episodes. Oh boy, I think SNK only sold like a half a million or so consoles for the Neo Geo CD, and it fairly
1: quickly died out as well. So what else happened in 1994? Well, then the big
0: boy came out. Good old Sony, the, you know, a new challenger has <laughs> appeared. And, and Sony came out with the PlayStation. And I, I'm not sure if anyone's aware of this. They're still going today, still producing consoles. Mm-hmm. So they kind of had a, uh, a bit of, a, of an interesting story on how that got developed. They originally got pulled into the video game business um, by Nintendo. Oh, shit. Because Nintendo wanted them to develop a CD-based add-on for the Super Nintendo. Oh, a little Sega CD uh yeah fighter the, the super nintendo was already using sony's audio chip one of like the good luck and uh so they pulled him in they got a contract they got it all worked out and they, so they were going to produce a console that had that took super nintendo cartridges and had a cd but then uh nintendo like after a while they had it mostly developed it was going pretty well nintendo realized that the contract basically gave sony Full ownership and rights of any game published for the CD platform, and they were like, whoa, whoa, "Whoa, fuck that!" and pulled out of the deal and canceled it.
1: You know that's interesting. I I feel like, like once you started talking about a CD system that also took Super Nintendo cartridges, I feel like I've seen a prototype of that or something like from years ago. Yeah, they made some prototypes, and it was called the Nintendo PlayStation. Oh, cool! It was was the kind it of operating name that it went under? Did you see a picture of it? Like was it more of like a like a boxy, cubey looking thing? I did not see it. Oh, okay. Cuz I I've got I've got an image in my head and I just man, I'm going to look it up while you're while you're talking.
0: But so they they kind of pulled the rug out from under Sony and said, "You know what? Sorry, you know, we're canceling this contract." And that's when Sony went over and shopped it to Sega and was like, "Hey Sega, you know, like you know, we've done all this development and stuff. You want to kind of pay us to work with this?" Yeah. And uh Sega's uh, CEO at the time, uh, Tom Kalinowski, okay, uh, called it a, and I quote a stupid idea, <laughs> and said that, citing that Sony didn't know anything about how to make hardware or software, Aww. and so it was you know he thought it would be a failure, and told Sony to hit the bricks. At which point, uh, Sony kind of decided that they were going to. And they're like, fuck it, we'll just make this thing ourselves. And uh, kind of said, all right, we're going to come out with a, you know, this console called the PlayStation, and and Nintendo sued them. Oh, shit. Saying, hey, PlayStation is ours. You can't, you can't call it that. And they lost in court. Nintendo did? Nintendo did, yeah. So Sony had the rights to use the name PlayStation, and then they penned a deal with Nintendo to make a combo console, but where Nintendo would maintain the rights for the CD stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then Sony said, you know what? F- fuck these guys. we don't want to do it and decided not to do it and started development all over again and to just kind of wipe the board not have to fuck with nintendo anymore they called it the playstation but with no space in the middle so it's one word oh yeah yeah so then it was its own property so that's why playstation doesn't have a space in it
1: yeah sony told nintendo to go suck a donkey kong sized dick
0: yeah exactly so they strapped it started over and absolutely fucking killed it yeah came out and ended up selling yeah over 100 million consoles.
1: Yeah, and wasn't it the did I read that it's the it was the first system to ever sell that many? I don't know. I would believe that.
0: I mean, I yeah, I I don't know, but that wouldn't surprise me at all. That's a fuck of a lot of consoles.
1: Yeah. Well, and the and these uh these systems, I don't know a whole lot about the hardware and the specs that that make it so, but is kind of like with this generation all of a sudden, the staying power and the um, upgradeability and the adaptability was much higher. Whereas, you know, with, with your 8 bits and your 16 bits, they could do a certain thing. And you could, you could make them a little bit better, but they weren't going to jump to the next generation like these did. These were able to push the boundaries of what they could do for a longer amount of time. Like Even like the, the 360, which we'll talk about next time, lasted forever. It was going for like twelve years or some oh, shit. The fucking current console generation is they're not
0: expect they're not even planning to do anything with it. They just keep making slightly better versions of them.
1: Yeah, yeah. Consoles last a
0: long time now.
1: So, did you own a PlayStation
0: back in the day? Of course not. <laughs> no, but I but everyone else I knew did. So I played the shit out of some PlayStation
1: yeah I remember my first experience with PlayStation was when you could rent them at Blockbuster video
0: well, oh, you could rent the whole PlayStation, yeah, oh, yeah, you could rent the cool. system
1: came in like a briefcase and I remember um our friend across the street rented one, and the main game I remember playing well, I remember playing two games I want to say one was Ridge Racer, mm-hmm. which was it was pretty all right for its time, although I was a big fan of Daytona USA for the Saturn. it ran real smooth, I liked it. Um, but the other game was Battle Arena Toshinden, which was... That sounds
0: vaguely familiar.
1: Yeah, it was a 3D fighter, which, you know, I having the Saturn, I, w- I was playing Virtua Fighter, and it played super smooth. I loved that game. Sorry, it was Virtua Fighter 2.
0: Yeah, Virtua Fighter was solid.
1: Yeah. And Battle Arena Toshinden, it wasn't as smooth. It, I think some of the characters had weapons. I remember there was a chick with this super skimpy outfit, of course. But I hardly remember anything. Like I've got flashes of it in my head, but I remember just—I remember having some beef with it, and I don't know why. I—I th- I think even back then I was—I was such a Sega loyalist that I was like, "Fucking PlayStation coming in here and <laughs> thinking they could do fighting games." Yeah, every- everybody thinks they're fucking cool. This thing doesn't run as smooth as Virtua Fighter, and you know it just—the uh, PlayStation rubbed me the wrong way. I guess I also kind of hated that they had. All that uh, that third party game support, like they oh, they so they, much. they came in strong, and I was mad at them because I knew what it meant for Sega. Like, how many games did the Saturn
0: have? Do you
1: know? I do not know. I can look that up real quick.
0: The fr- freaking PlayStation had well over a thousand games come out for it, which is just a phenomenal number of games, and they were decent. Like you know, the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. I don't remember how many it was, but they had a ton of games come out for that. But most of them were fucking garbage. Yeah. And uh, PlayStation had a lot of really solid games from a lot of different publishers.
1: What were some of your favorites? Um, Well, my
0: top super duper favorite was uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I knew we were going to come across
0: that. um, Which absolutely kind of created the Metroidvania genre, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And every at least every two D Castlevania that's come since has just absolutely been hanging on the balls of Symphony of the Night, <laughs> doing the same you know kind of redoing it. Which I've played most of them, and I still I love them too. They're fucking great. I don't I just love the format.
1: Yeah, yeah. Those ones for uh, for the DS or or maybe it was Game Boy Advance. Those were fantastic. Yeah, like Circle of the
0: Moon and. Aria of sorrow yeah, and blood of wiener. Yeah. This, this city of that with uh, yeah. some very, uh, androgynous looking <laughs> anime kind of dude. As yeah. So Soma,
1: Soma Cruz. Yeah. Jeez. Oh,
0: but just, yeah, the format of, you know, a solid 2d platformer with tight controls, exploring a giant map going over, you know, through it 10 or 15 times, <laughs> unlocking different areas and abilities to get to new spaces. Yeah. And then you play the whole fucking thing upside down. Fucking great game.
1: Fuck dude. I'm looking around and I'm I'm being an awful googler right now. I'm finding lots of lists of games, but none that are numbered and none that just says there was this many games.
0: So I bet it wasn't a thousand.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I no longer care.
0: Yeah. But another game that I uh think about more than I would have imagined I would have is Parappa the Rapper oh shit fucking loved that game
1: oh no no it's gonna be stuck in my head all day
2: kick punch punch, it's it's all in the mind mind.
1: if you want to test me i'm sure you'll find the things (laughs) i'll teach you be sure to beat you nevertheless you'll get a lesson from teacher oh my goodness
0: yeah i think that was one of the first like rhythm games i ever played where you have to like tap along with the rhythm and you know it's kind of like guitar hero yeah before well before that was a thing
1: yeah kind of like dance dance revolution for your fingers
0: yeah yeah and i don't know if it was the first one to kind of do that but it was definitely
1: the first one i
0: played that did that and uh it was awesome kick punch chop chop kick block <sighs>
1: um the sequel uh, um jammer Lammy. oh was that a sequel yeah that was always such a weird title
0: yeah, I always I always kind of hope, like, in the back of my mind, that I'll be at Bar Trivia one day. And the, one of the questions will be, what was the sequel to forever <laughs> i like, ooh, I know that! It's Umcham or Lammy!
1: Yeah, and it won't matter if that's the only question you get right. You are the winner.
2: <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah.
1: Yeah, you know, like I mentioned, when I got the Saturn, Preston got the PlayStation. And that guy, like, his family just loved to get video games and movies. They were a great media-consuming family. So I, I had a lot of fun playing over there. Like, I, I remember... Some of my favorites were like Cool Borders 2. Did you ever play that? Yeah. Yeah, it was great. You're doing backflips and spins and all sorts of crazy shit. Um, the Jet Moto series, especially 2 and 3. Did you play the Jet Motos? Uh,
0: I think I played them on uh, Dreamcast. Mm-hmm. Jet Moto on Dreamcast?
1: I don't know if they released on Dreamcast. Hmm. No, yeah, then probably, because so. I definitely played the Jet Moto games. Yeah, yeah, where you're you're on like a like a futuristic flying jet ski. Yeah. Yeah, those those games are super fun. The Twisted Metal series. Oh yeah, I remember.
0: Was the ice cream truck dude's name with the big uh, sweet quantity. tooth? Sweet tooth, yes, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and then the uh, the Final Fantasies, of course.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. You can't not mention Final Fantasy Seven. Yeah.
1: Um, it's a good
0: game, but I think it's a little bit overhyped. Ooh, hot take! <laughs> like it's 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 a solid game, but it's probably like. Fifth or sixth on my list of favorite Final Fantasy games.
1: Oh well. So uh Do you have your did you have your pinky up when you were saying that? Of course. Yeah, you have like your eyebrows raised and your eyelids slightly lowered. My nose way up in the air. Yeah, firmly up in the air. Yeah, that I've probably played more of that game than any other any other Final Fantasy. As we've discussed, I'm not very good at them, but I, I enjoyed that game. I watched Preston go through the entire game, more or less. It's good. It's got a solid story. The
0: gameplay's good. It's got the like the materia system that they kind of used yeah. a bunch after that. It's uh graphics wise, it's the first foray into kind of three D, and so like the two D ones look better for what they are and the later ones look better for three D and
1: Well, one thing that I loved about that game was that it took the boring two D like jump forward and SWAT real quick, or or you know, it, it took that to the next level with its attacks. Like, you actually got to see the character jump forward and swing and slash, or later on, once you have those summons. Like, I, I remember specifically yeah. later on, like, the, the Knights of the Round one, where there's just, like, 12 different guys that come in and attack. Like, it's fucking crazy.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it wasn't just, like, the guy disappears for a second and reappears on the other side. Yeah. And it was the same animation for pretty much everything. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I had a lot of fun playing and watching that game. And then, of course, the Castlevania... My goodness, I've I've got this whole binder of PlayStation One games. Several years ago, Preston was just getting rid of his PlayStation One with like his binder, his library of games, and it was insane to me. But he's like, "Oh yeah, I just want you to have them." And I'm like, "All right." So I've kept myself from selling them because <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of shit in there, but there's no cases for them. But I, you know, it's 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 almost it's like a memento.
0: Yeah, I think the only PS1 game that I still own is Symphony of the Night and I got it uh I think I paid like 18 bucks for it 10 years ago.
1: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> when we were when we were going
0: back. Yeah. Fucking Metal Gear Solid too. Oh yeah. Or you know Metal Gear Solid as well. <laughs> <laughs> was uh man, I freaking love that game. It was the one of the first like stealth you don't just go in guns a blazing, you've got to actually think about what you're doing and hide and strategize and walk around in a box
1: yeah i fucking hate that game really for that reason <laughs> i get what it is but i remember being over at a friend's place and wanted you know he, he had rented it and we were gonna play it and i i went in and you know i started shooting people and then all of a sudden they go Boop, and they they just murder me real quick I'm like no you gotta sneak around and not get hit I, I, i'd never played metal gear for nintendo So I didn't know that that was part of the series. I was just like, why the fuck can't I go through here and shoot people and be on my merry way? (laughs) Nope, I don't have the patience for that. I loved those games. And Metal Gear's always got...
0: That one kind of cemented it. The really intricate cutscenes and a deep story uh, that generally doesn't make any fucking sense at all. (laughs) Metal Gear's got a... You know, they're they, they got some weird fucking plot lines in those games, yeah, but uh, they commit to them, yeah. Um, but uh, Silent Hill, I remember Silent Hill's a fucking great game. Oh, um, Mega Man X4, where you got to play a zero for the first time, like yeah. all the way through the game.
1: I had Mega Man X4 for the Saturn, and it was great. They had like full, like anime animated cutscenes, yeah. Um, yeah, that that game was fantastic. Yep. Did you ever play Crash Bandicoot? Yeah, yeah, I I played that again over at Preston's, and that was a a worthy mascot game.
0: Well, yeah, and this was kind of the era of making everything 3D. Yeah. And so you got a lot of 3D platformers, and uh, for the most part, they were fucking bad. Yeah. They were hard to play. It was like you had to make these jumps that, you know, in a normal platform would be easy, but the cameras were shit. Yeah, yeah. And Crash Bandicoot did it pretty well. Sony was actually worried when they were developing that game that it would uh, melt and destroy PlayStation consoles <laughs> because, like, the, when they saw the demo of it, they were like, "The PlayStation can't do this. It can't. It, you cannot have this much detail. Yeah, and and rendering. It, it, this is how are you doing this? It was like voodoo magic. They're gonna overwork it to death. Well, yeah, and I guess they were worried that the CD drive would it would burn the CD drive out yeah. the amount of data it would have to read to do it. But I guess what the developers figured out was. We only need to render what we see, so as like as far as the three d world's concerned, like if there was like a box or like a you know a fern or something behind that doesn't exist. so like everything that's outside your field of vision, the GPU does not know that it exists and does not care about it. Oh nice, and so they were able to just like really squeeze every bit of performance out of the fucking thing, and which is why there's like you're smashing all those crates because they're super easy to render
1: yeah yeah they're nice simple square shapes and there's just a little apple in there once it
0: disappears yeah minimal amount of polygons when i was going back and looking at it there was like an ad in comic books and stuff where it had like a, like an id for crash bandicoot he was like the the bad boy oh, I, shit! i just remember seeing it when i was a kid and thinking it was funny like it had like a it was like a driver's license for him and it had like all his stats and stuff on it and under sex it just said yes <laughs> like, yeah, that's awesome
1: oh man <laughs> they were they were pushing it into a Conquer's bad fur day yeah. and then they realized that he was the mascot they're <laughs> like oh we better pull it back a little bit
0: uh, o- odd abe's odyssey did you ever play that yeah yeah that game uh i, I would like to go back and play it again now because that game was super fun
1: yeah it it seemed to me like like it wanted to be an Earthworm Jim weirdness type of game, but that it just was boring. Like, oh, I thought it was funny that they farted.
0: Yeah, it, I, I don't know. I don't think it was very Earthworm Jimmy at all. I mean, it kind of had the weirdness vibe yeah, exactly. like, to it, but it wasn't, uh, it was definitely a totally different type of humor.
1: Yeah, I mean, not, not in terms of uh, gameplay, but just in terms of the world. Like, it seemed like, like they wanted it to be weird. And funny, but it it just I don't know it was weird, funny, and kind of dark, like you're a
0: genetically mutated slave, yeah, essentially who's escaping and trying to lead a rebellion, um so it kind of starts in a bit of a dark place, but uh it was uh, it just had a lot of good puzzle platforming, like you'd have to solve all these little puzzles and go around, and i don't, I don't know i just it was I really found that game endearing, yeah. Oh, the other one that uh, that became much better once the Dual Shock came out later on. But uh Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Oh yeah, absolutely. That I remember just feeling cuz I was never good at skateboarding. <laughs> but uh playing that, uh, you felt like a badass fucking going grinding from one spot to another doing tricks.
1: Yeah, I didn't landed big ass combos. I didn't enjoy the the first couple cuz I feel like I came in on them late, but I think something that I'll that I'll talk more about maybe in the playstation 2 era is tony hawk's underground that was where it fucking took off oh yeah that was a good game yeah i still i still have that for the playstation 2 and whenever it's whenever that system's out i i have to play it i could play that story mode all day long but yeah you bring up the the dual shock so the playstation was the console that put on the two analog sticks
0: well yeah well they did it in response to uh I guess the next big thing that happened in 1996 when uh, Nintendo came out with the N64. Because originally the PlayStation controller just had, you know, didn't have any analog sticks on it, essentially. Yeah. It was just a which a very well-designed controller still. It felt really good in your hand. But no analog sticks, no rumble.
1: Yeah. It just had two extra shoulder buttons, right?
0: Yeah. Yep. And then... uh the Nintendo kind of came along in uh, 1996, and uh, that time we were only three months behind Japan, which was nice—a <laughs> like year or two, so we were catching up.
1: Hold on, before we go too far into this, want to want to hit a commercial? Sure, we'll be right back.
2: Hello, citizens of Europe. As spokesperson for Saps, the Society Against PlayStation, I'd like to talk to you about a menace threatening humanity. It's happening right here and our very homes and corrupting the lives of our loved ones. Yes, friends, I'm talking about this. It may look like a harmless bagel toaster, but inside is a deadly donut. How do you know PlayStation is not a normal game system? It carries these telltale signs. Scientists say its effects are mind-boggling. Users lose all sense of reality and enter another world. Here we have a normal healthy young man. And here we have a fellow who's been experimenting with PlayStation for only a few minutes. Proof that we saps must be on our guard. Remember, do not underestimate the power of PlayStation.
1: Ben, I would like to be the first person to formally welcome you back.
0: Oh, that's nice. I think you might be the only person that's going to do that
1: everyone right now scream at your listening devices welcome back ben
0: oh thanks guys yeah
1: we appreciate it um so we were talking uh, nintendo 64 before my bladder took me away yes why don't you tell me a little bit about that system
0: yeah, so it came out in japan in june of 96 and then in september we got it yeah, here in good old north america's
1: Man, everything's coming out in September. It's it's like it was designed for my birthday. No wonder I got both a Saturn and wait, no, uh, never mind. I got Saturn for Christmas, but I did get a Dreamcast on my birthday. I was gonna say
0: they probably have Christmas in mind more than your birthday. Yeah, kind of get it out ahead of time so that it, people can buy it.
1: Well, for yeah, they re- at Christmas. They release it for my birthday so I can tell everyone whether or not I like it, and then they know whether to buy it for Christmas. Yeah, it seems fair. Yeah, that's why Sega did so well.
0: But yeah, the uh, the N sixty um, four was the they were originally thinking about calling it the Ultra sixty four. Because <laughs> you know, where do you go after Super? Yeah, you go to Ultra.
1: Yeah, we could have had Ultra <laughs> Castlevania. Yeah, Ultra Mario Brothers, and I guess Super was before Super Nintendo. Uh,
0: but they ended up just going with good old Nintendo sixty four. So instead, we had Mario sixty four, yep. Metroid sixty four, Castlevania sixty four. <laughs> end up uh, tacking whatever generation Nintendo has onto whatever game they're putting out. The controller for that was uh, interesting,
1: to say the least. Yeah, you know what my first note is for Nintendo 64 here? I It says, Nintendo 64, 64- Dash, what the fuck is with that controller?
0: <laughs> yeah, it had like three different spots to put your hand, so you could put all three of your hands on it at once. Yes. Um, And I guess the idea was that, you know, you could have different configurations, you know, but it was just fucking weird-looking controller. And yeah, remember, it was stupid as shit. I remember seeing it when it came out, like that is so dumb. But uh, once you got your hands on it, it was actually pretty useful. But it was, it was awkward. Yeah, sometimes as well. You know, like the yeah, it was weird. But it was, uh, it was the first console to feature a proper analog stick.
1: Yeah, yeah, right
0: in the middle, right in the fucking middle, which was kind of weird. Um, it had a trigger button, which was cool. Like that felt like a trigger. Yeah, which was cool. And uh that was the first controller that came out with a rumble pack accessory. Yeah, yeah. So you could get some force feedback and feel the controller shake like when you got shot and shit. All of those things were really fucking cool. And I guess um they when they were designing the controller, they kept it they they wanted to keep it like super secret so nobody knew what they were coming out with until it came out. Like a lot of the early promotional
1: materials didn't show the controller. I think they could show the controller to people and people would still have no idea what they were doing. That's fair. Like, that's not a fucking controller. Wait,
0: and imagine, I mean, imagine people also would have looked at it if it was in the early promotional stuff and been like, what the fuck are you
1: doing, Nintendo? Yeah, I will not copy that.
0: But I guess they told developers, like, hey, um, don't don't show the controller around. I guess there's, like, the, the folks at LucasArts that were making the uh, Star Wars games. Yeah. They would hide it in a box anytime anyone came over so no one would s- saw it. And they would say that it was a bowl of liquid that would absorb your thoughts through your fingers. You just stick your fingers in it, <laughs> um, but they told him you had to think in Japanese for it to work. <laughs> that was pretty good. So at least we didn't get. I mean, that would have been interesting, but I don't want to learn Japanese just to play a game.
1: So, uh, do you recall the first time you played Mario sixty four? Um, specifically, probably not.
0: No, I mean I remember playing Mario sixty four,
1: but the first time. Do you think that that Do you think that was the first sixty four game you played? No. Oh. Star Fox 64 was the first. Oh no, 64. shit, yeah, huh? I played, yeah. I don't know if I've ever even played that game. Oh really? Yeah, I yeah. played the shit out of it. It was cool. W- was it a worthy successor to the, the Super Nintendo ones?
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I like it better than the Super Nintendo one.
1: Yeah, by
0: quite a lot, actually. And that's 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 my Star Fox. Ah, Star Fox 64.
1: You know, it's it's funny you talk about like my this and my that. When I was working at a restaurant, all of a sudden that was one of those moments where where I felt old because I would talk about Nintendo or Mario, and these kids are like yeah like nintendo sixty four like wait, wait what <laughs> like that was what they grew up with like, they didn't know, they didn't fuckers. have an n e s or a super n e s
0: that's even worse now,
1: yeah, it's bizarre, but you know mario sixty four was so fucking awesome, like it was such a a a leap
2: yeah three d mario yeah.
1: I, I remember playing that game in a Walmart at a display. That was the first time I ever played a, a 3D Mario game or a, a, a Nintendo 64 game. And it was fucking awesome. Um, you know, just, it was, it, it was bizarre, though, sometimes going from the, the trusty side-scrolling platforming, you know, where you know exactly where you're going to jump, so all of a sudden you're like jumping out to platforms. You don't know how far he jumps, you don't know how fast you're running and you just end up falling to your death a lot. So I I feel like a lot of those levels especially the earlier ones were designed to where if you fell you didn't die.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it was hard. Yeah. I mean that was kind of the tough part about this generation is they wanted to make everything 3D and it doesn't always work like the they had a 3D Castlevania game.
1: Yeah, which was awful. I yeah, remember playing yeah, it the, once.
0: Metroid 64, they had that Mega Man, what was it, Mega Man Legends? Oh, fuck, that was, 3D, that was and terrible. They, they were all fucking clunky and awful and not at all. Like, I mean, it was thematically like the game that you loved, but that was about it. Yeah. Because the mechanics were completely different, had shitty cameras. You know, because they didn't have enough analog sticks. Most of the games, you didn't have control over the camera. It just kind of either followed straight behind you and you couldn't fucking see where you were jumping or what was attacking you half the time, or it would decide where to go and it always went the wrong place. Fuck. And yeah, they were just a like, I, I don't have fond memories on the 64 for Castlevania, Metroid, Mega Man, like a lot of the staple games that I love because they made these 3D piles of garbage.
1: Yeah. I wonder if there was ever a, was there a Contra? I don't think there was a Contra for uh, 64. I, I don't remember one, yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of the beloved franchises did not fare well
0: on 64, at least from my opinion.
1: Yeah, they didn't deserve to.
0: With the notable exception of uh, Legend of Zelda. Yeah. Because the Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask are both great fucking games.
1: Yeah, do you have a preference?
0: I like Majora's Mask better. Yeah. Yeah. Ocarina of Time is really good too, but I, I prefer Majora's Mask.
1: I haven't played any of those for any significant amount of time. Oh, really? Yeah, it just never happened. I remember picking, picking up. I think it was Ocarina when it was new. Because hey, guess what? Preston had a Nintendo sixty four. Their team, their or their <laughs> their uh, their family got one of those too. And um, I remember doing like the beginning, like fishing thing you got to do, and yeah. being frustrated and just sort of not really getting far in it. I wanted to be able to walk into a cave, pick up a sword, and go kill guys immediately. Like that—that's just what—that's what I had done in Zelda games before then. Yeah, and they kind of changed that because even
0: like the newer Zelda games, like it seems like you need to fuck around in the village for forty-five minutes before you actually get out into the wider world.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's tough, but I'm used to it now. But back then, right, I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" Like, I want to go out there and stab a moblin. Yeah. Well, you should go back and play those. They're good
0: games. Like they're they are solid entries in the Legend of Zelda canon.
1: Yeah, they they are beloved. You know, people people love those fucking games. You know, like you said about Star Fox, like that is. Somebody's Zelda. That's a lot of people's Zelda. Oh yeah. In fact, I imagine it would be really difficult to start with something like Ocarina of Time or these days, you know, Twilight Princess or Skyward Sword.
0: Go back to the OG Zeldas.
1: Yeah, like it would probably be like us trying to go back and play Pitfall. Yeah, like it's it's a very simplistic game, or maybe like a Dig Dug. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Dig Dug,
0: which you can still appreciate, but you know, once you've got the hook shot in 3D and you can shoot it at something and then. Get pulled towards it, yeah. Spider Man style, like yeah, that is, is kind of tough to go back from. That's pretty fucking rad.
1: Yeah, yeah. You you don't you don't get the same thrill out of a shooting sword that uh, yeah <laughs> that you would if you were our age. Absolutely. I think another one that made the jump really well is the legendary Mario Kart.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. This was uh, I, I was thinking about this, and I'm not sure which one I've spent the most amount of time with, but it was is either Mario Kart 64 or double dash for GameCube.
1: Yeah, I love 64 for what it is, but I think double dash might be my favorite. Oh
0: yeah, 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 double dash was definitely the better game, I think. But uh I played the shit out of both of those. Yeah. I've not played as as much of any Mario Kart game that has come out since. But uh, I yeah, I'm not sure which one I played more, but I played a lot of Mario Kart. 64. Yeah,
1: it was it was great. It was true 3D. As opposed to to the to that little weird effect in uh, in Super Nintendo.
0: Oh, it's so much more satisfying to destroy your competitors.
1: <laughs> yeah, and everybody's stats were so much more um, fine tuned and varied. You know, like you knew what you were getting into with the heavier characters, yeah. and then who had the best acceleration, and then jumping power. Um, there were shortcuts for for the for the first time. So that that Wario Stadium one that. I spent so much time trying to to perfect that one. It took me forever. Of course, did you ever play uh, Wave Race 64? I don't think so. That was one of the ones that I played early on, and I played a shit ton of it. It was sort of the same thing as Cool Borders, where it was just a cool, stylized game on an activity that, that you do for recreation anyway, but you could do tricks, you could do barrel rolls and backflips and shit, and it it was it was cool seeing water effects in 3d, you know, like each of these were, were things that, that you didn't really get in the old, um, the old 16 bit era, you know, where everything was just flat and illustrated looking like all of a sudden with these, with these rendered polygons, you've got snowy mountaintops, you've got oceans that you're in. Yeah. And you could actually do a
0: pretty good first person shooter with it. Um, a la there it is. Fucking golden eye. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which was probably the greatest first person shooter of its time. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, I think I can say that pretty confidently. It was freaking great.
1: You know, I mean, uh, it, it is 100% nostalgia talking, but I I still think it's one of the one of the greatest first person shooters of all time.
0: Well, yeah, it has its it has a solid place in the the pantheon. Yeah, like you go back and play it, and it's obviously lacking in a lot of the comforts that you are used to now.
1: Yeah, no dual analog stick with with the ability yeah. to look around. You had to like press a shoulder button to bring up a crosshair where you could point upwards.
0: But compared to like Doom and the sort of first person shooters that were around, you know, that were its, you know, uh, contemporaries. Yeah, uh, it blew them out of the water. Yeah. And you could play four person split screen all at the same time. That was so great. Yeah. Because well, the N64 shipped with four controller ports on it. Yeah. Which was another super awesome thing that Nintendo did. I think, I'm trying to think, I can't think of any systems before that or even in that same period
1: that had four controller ports. No, with the PlayStation, you had to do that fucking multi tap. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That didn't work half the time. Yeah. Um,. GoldenEye sixty four, like, man, like that 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 brought friends together and tore them apart like nothing else, man. Like of course there's the odd job thing.
0: Yeah. Which which I love because you were also short. Like your view was like you'd be running around in like at people's kneecaps. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but you can you can shoot them just the same. Oh yeah. But um I I discovered a little workaround. I was a little fucking shithead about this. If you used, I think it was civilian number two. It was a female civilian. She was short like odd job, but nobody ever caught on. It was great.
0: And it had all the different game modes for, I mean, like it just had really good deathmatch because it came with different, you could, it wasn't just throw everyone in and they fight and shoot each other and die. Like they had Slappers Only and Golden Gun and uh, didn't they had a rocket launcher one where everyone had rocket launchers?
1: Well, yeah, you could, you could fine tune it to to your specifications like you could um you could select the type of loadout so that's you know with like the slappers only that was just a karate chop or you could set it to only rockets there was like dk mode where you had giant heads and giant hands so one of our favorite things to do back in the day was was uh do dk mode slappers only and then uh license to kill mode which was single hit kills so yeah. everyone's just karate chopping, too, and it's an instant kill there. And then the blood comes down like the beginning of a James Bond movie. <laughs> and like a testament to its staying power in my heart is uh, me and Angelina were looking for video games just the other night. And I found the, the GoldenEye remastery thing uh, for, oh, for the Wii. Yeah, I, I haven't played one player mode yet or campaign mode. You know, it seems reasonably faithful. There, there aren't quite as many uh, modification options but the deathmatch was still fun with the two of us. It still feels the same.
0: Yeah, I saw like a video the first level of the remastered one, and it looked it's dead on. The yeah. First level of Goldeneye it was awesome.
1: Yeah, except now you now you're Daniel Craig instead of a uh, oh, Pierce really? Brosnan. Yeah, hmm. but um, and the music for that was great. But oh. talk about chunky polygons.
0: Oh yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. It left a graphics left a bit to be desired. Same thing with the controls. Yeah, it, it's definitely dated now. So, like for all of our listeners that haven't ever played GoldenEye, uh, you will not feel the same joy as <laughs> as we did or do playing that game. If you go back and play it, yeah. Unfortunately, um, it has not aged quite as well.
1: Yeah. You know, I remember I've heard stories of people like building barriers out of like cardboard boxes so you couldn't see other people's screens on the split screen mode. Oh, yeah, because this was this was fully four person split screen. It was
0: absolutely cheating where you look at somebody else's screen to figure out where they are and then go find them.
1: You know, the funny thing is, in my group of friends that that, that played that at the time, we never had that rule. Like, nobody got pissed about it. I think we we all just understood that that's what you do.
0: Yeah, there's no way you could stop it. Yeah. I mean, there there literally is nothing, unless you built fucking cardboard walls and each stuck your face in it. But.
1: Yeah. Which is kind of interesting, but I wasn't going to do that. No. But, yeah, you would absolutely look at somebody else's screen
0: and be like, oh, fuck, I know where they are. Okay, I'm going to head around here. But they could see you, too. Yeah. So, it's, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's exactly. fair. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Everyone, everyone can do it. So, big fucking deal. Yeah, I love that game. Um...
0: What other good four-player games
1: were there on the N64? Because having
0: four controllers was freaking go. Oh, well, the Smash race, Bros. The
1: racing games. But yeah, for sure, Super Mar- Smash Bros. Mario Party? Yeah. Was I, it there for the 64? I didn't play much of them when, when they were when they were new. I didn't start playing the Mario Party games until GameCube. I went back in college and played some, uh, some 64 ones. Yeah, Smash Bros. was a different kind of fighting game. Oh, it, yeah. It's Street Still Fighter, Star? it was not. No to this day like link is still my favorite character i he, he just makes sense in those i played the most recent one on the switch um with my nieces and nephews and i went in there picked link first round destroyed him i felt really good about myself and then i lost a bunch of rounds but they, they've got like two different belmonts i think they've got a simon and a richter belmont yeah, they in do. there it's fucking cool i always liked kirby yeah, Kirby seemed, like, I could see why people liked Kirby, but he just, he didn't make sense to my playing style. He fucking annoys me, the way he can suck in air and fly. It's
0: Yeah, me. yeah, he can suck in air, he can fly, he does that little stone drop thing. Yeah.
1: um, And then I, uh, what? just one last game I want to bring up with Nintendo 64 is Superman. Did you ever play that one? I don't think I ever did. Oh man, it was based on the uh on the animated series. It is regarded as one of the worst video games to Aww. ever exist. I was
0: hoping you'd say it was good, because super good Superman games are so rare. <laughs> good Superman <laughs> games don't exist, I don't think. Uh there was that one for Superman Returns? Maybe yeah, maybe it was was it PS two or three?
1: Um it was on the 360. That's what I had it for.
0: Yeah, where you could fly around and it felt pretty cool to fly around as Superman.
1: Yeah, the flying was badass, but the game was just not good. All mm-hmm. the fighting mechanics and and the story mode, it was it was just bad.
0: It had like Metallo, right? Yeah, like yeah, Metallo, Metallo was your fight. was your main villain. Yeah.
1: And he had all these stupid little asshole robots. That was probably the best
0: Superman game? Yes. That I can think of.
1: Definitely. In the 64 one, like the flying mechanics were super wonky um the graphics were terrible they it had a bunch of times where you had to fly through rings it was it was like a bunch of flying exercise just where you like have to fly comics. through rings yeah exactly <laughs> um
0: did what so was it like th- it was 3D flying yes yeah i don't think they just they didn't have the control setup to make that work well yeah at that
1: point well and and they didn't have the power to build a a, a big enough world like with superman returns even though that thing is relatively, I mean, I mean, like, it's small for Superman. Like, it was still a giant fucking city, and you could fly Super down fast. in there. Yeah, so Super fast. Super fast. You could fly way up into the sky. Like, you felt like Superman in that game. And you could get skins that were uh, classic suits and stuff. But, yeah, R.I.P. Nintendo 64 Superman game.
0: Compared to PlayStation, like I said, the PlayStation had like over a thousand games. and There was a load of good games for it. And this N64, I remember thinking, like, there was a lot of good games for it too, but did, there was only ever 388 games that came out for the N64. Oh, wow. So, like, I think their good game to bad game ratio might be better than PlayStation's because uh, there's a lot of great, memorable games out of a pretty small catalog. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's about half, maybe even less than half of what either the Super Nintendo or NES had in their catalog
1: oh yeah definitely yeah they're both mid 700s somewhere that's wild i mean and and back then you know the nes and super nes like games could be produced cheaper and faster you know once you start building 3d worlds and shit i'm sure the 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 cost and time went way up as far as development's concerned
0: oh yeah. yeah it definitely got more complicated and it like if you ever actually watch the credits on a modern video game holy shit it's it, it's ridiculous Like you can press the button and make
1: them zoom by fast sometimes. Yeah.
0: You know, if they won't let you skip. And it still takes fucking forever to get through all those people. There's so many people involved.
1: Yeah, I hardly ever beat games or play modern games. So I'm a little out of the loop.
0: (laughs) Yeah, old NES games, you know, they'd make those with like a team of like ten dudes. Yeah. And wouldn't give them credit.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, like Atari's development team back in the in the arcade days was like ten dudes. Yeah, for all the games. Yeah. So just a a little little story about my experience with nintendo sixty four i haven't played one of those in probably about four years and you want to know why uh, That seems fairly recently to me oh okay
0: <laughs> it's been a long time since i played a nintendo sixty four
1: yeah four or five years for me well i i was i i had a weird experience with one an ex girlfriend and i decided we wanted to get a a uh, nintendo sixty four and play it and we got we got the 64, we got GoldenEye, Mario Kart, and Wave Race, and we uh, we had a couple drinks, and this was going to be the first time that I actually like spent the night at her place. I was really weird about sleeping over at places. Going so. all out. I know, yeah. I know. <laughs> nice <laughs> bottle of
0: wine and N64. <laughs> We're going to make an evening of it. maybe.
1: Yeah. yeah. I made some margaritas. <laughs> so we we played, and then eventually went to sleep. I woke up in the middle of the night, and I could hear the selection screen for mario kart you know like it's like a you know it's just a little like elevator music thing and i went out there and like i woke up to it and i was like oh is fucking annoying and it stopped and i went out there and the tv was off and in the 64 was fucking wave race yeah, so you got a haunted N64. Dude, I went back in there and I told the, the that ex-girlfriend what what, would, what had happened. I was like, did you hear that? And she's like, yeah, I heard it. She got woken up by it too. Ooh. It was so fucking weird. And then I was having like blood sugar issues that night that didn't make sense. And I swear I took that as an omen. Uh, it was the first time I was spending the night over there. I was like... This this is not right. Somebody... This relationship is all over. <laughs> I was like, some somebody does not want me to be here right now.
0: Either your house is haunted or N64 home is haunted. Either yeah. way, I'm out.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it took me a while to to listen to the to the omens, but uh but no, that that was that was the last time I played a Nintendo sixty four. It's not not that I won't, but man, it was creepy. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and to kind of bring this full circle back to the DualShock is after Nintendo came out with, you know, a rumbling analog stick having trigger button toting controller. Sony decided that they needed one too. And uh they came out with the DualShock in 1997, the year following the N64, and it is nearly a perfect controller. It is just fantastic.
1: Well, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I th- I I thought PlayStation before coming out with, a, with the Dual Shock, they came out with, the, with a controller that had the dual analog stick, but it didn't have rumble on it. And then the Dual Shock had a rumble feature. Am I, am I imagining things? Maybe. I'm okay. not sure. All right. Fair enough. Hey, if you know the answer to this, email us at email at geeksplorationpodcast.com.
0: That controller design, that basically cemented modern controller design for most manufacturers other than frickin' Nintendo, because they always want to do their their own fucking thing (laughs) yeah those motherfuckers they they weren't going to be beholden to sony's design but uh and i mean the the current playstation controller is not that much different
1: no no, hardly at all
0: Yeah, they've kept that design because it's solid it feels good in your hand you've got everything you got going i do like the xbox swappity of the uh, d-pad and the analog stick on the on the left side yeah 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 um, but like I said, Xbox's D-pad is such garbage. I would still rather use a a DualShock.
1: This was a weird era too with uh with memory cards. Oh yeah, yeah. You were actually able to
0: like save your progress and like take it to somebody else's house. That was a cool feature.
1: Yeah, it was no longer saved to the the cartridge. For me, those memory cards pissed me off at first because. I had to go out and buy something else if I wanted to save it. Like, you motherfuckers, just give me one save slot. And you couldn't, if you didn't have one, like, some games wouldn't even let you play it.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you needed to have the memory card in order to play the game at all. Ugh. Bullshit.
1: (laughs) So, I don't know. This, This era confounds me in a way, where it's like, I don't know if it was just at, at this age I was losing the wonder of a new of a new video game console but this one just sort of feels a little more blah to me like the Nintendo 64 didn't hit me the same way the Super Nintendo or the Nintendo did. I mean I really loved my Sega Saturn but it it's it's not something that I look back on the same way I look at my Genesis or even the Dreamcast. It, like this is just sort of a weird gray dim area of in video games for me, personally. I don't know. Do you feel that way? Kind of. I mean, I kind of see it as the, it's like the
0: awkward teenage phase of video games where they're kind of going through growing pains and trying to figure out how to make this 3D thing work. I like that. And they hadn't quite, you know, they're going from, you know, the kind of the happy go lucky, awesome pixelated childhood but uh, kind of getting zits and and their voice is starting to change, and they gotta learn how to talk to girls, and and it's how just do you like my analog. You know, they, you didn't know quite where to put your hands on that damn N sixty four controller.
2: <laughs> oh, I knew where. Come.
0: <laughs> so yeah, it was just kind of a weird phase in between, you know, where video games had been to where they were ultimately going. Yeah, that's fair. A lot of the games are, you know, like I said, you're not gonna go back and play Castlevania sixty four. Oh, fuck no it sucks it's just an awkward mess of a game it was kind of cool at the time frustrating because it was awkward but it was cool like there was the wonder of you know 3D graphics and a whole world all around you yeah which is you know standard now such that it's tough to go back and there's only a handful of the games that I think are actually worth going back and messing with and even then some of the best games for these consoles weren't 3D uh, you know stuff like S- Street Fighter Alpha three and and Symphony of the Night and uh, Mega Man X four. All yeah. great, all great games. I would I'd go back and play any of those games right now uh, because they didn't try to shoehorn 3D into the mix.
1: Yeah, with with Mega Man X four, it looked and played like a traditional Mega Man X game that had come before. But everything was just a bit more grand. Everything ran more smoothly. There was more stuff going on in the background. Like it it was utilizing the hardware in very subtle ways. And I want to go back and play that so bad right now.
0: Yeah, you could play Zero with like a sword that totally changed how you played the game. Yeah. You know, so it like kind of opened up new options. There's a lot of really good games. Most of them aren't 3D. Some of them are, though. I mean, like the Legend of Zelda games, I think, are totally still playable. They're they're still good games. Yeah. Same thing with Super Mario sixty four. Like sixty. That still has some awkward platformy stuff where you got to jump on things that you can't see. But by and large, it's a good game still. Did you ever beat that game? I don't think so.
1: Yeah, I've never beaten it. I w- I went on a good run. I got an M- or a, a ROM for it once, and I was playing it on my computer, but. There's one point where you need to unlock a certain thing by like looking up through a window in the castle and I didn't have an analog stick on my controller so I couldn't map it to anything. So I was unable to look up and I dropped out of the game then. But I w- I would love to beat that game. And and you know real quick on that game, do you know what the voice says whenever you whenever w- right when you're about to start a uh, a level? Because for some reason, it, it, like a voice says something, and, and it always sounds to me like it says pickle, just
0: pickle,
1: or something, and and I don't know what he's saying. <laughs> I don't, I don't either, but I I bet it's not pickle. No, probably not. <laughs> I, I I just have no idea. Like you, you select level, it's like pickle, like let's go, maybe maybe would be something. I guess. Yeah, but man, it's just it's like like SNES Star Fox level like voice detail yeah <laughs> so i don't know yeah um i've i've got a I've got a lot of love for for the games I enjoyed on the Saturn, and um I think it would be super cool if there was a cheap way to go and play them well I, I suppose we could get uh we could get roms
0: yeah, I'm certain someone has ported an emulator for the Sega Saturn,
1: yeah, let's do that um if you don't mind breaking the law <laughs> <laughs>
0: well technically, if you go out and buy the games, you can play them.
1: Yeah, what if what if I was doing games that I have bought before in the past? Like, do I have to currently own them? Yes. For... That's stupid. Yeah. Yeah, you do. That's fucking dumb. So some some asshole who ended up finding one of my games in the trash can then own the digital version of that game, even though he never bought it once. That's what you get for throwing your games in the trash, John. Hey man, what I I hung on to a stack of Saturn games for years after after I didn't have a Saturn anymore cuz I had loaned them to to somebody who had a Saturn and um I think it was it was like 2 or 3 years later this guy is like, oh, here, I found these. And I was like, oh, shit, it's an entire stack of Saturn games. But I didn't have a system to play it on. But I was, I was like, one day I'll get one. And I just carried them around with me for a very long time until I finally got rid of them.
0: Yeah, well, I don't think, any, I don't think the FBI is going to be beating down your door because you
1: downloaded some Sega Saturn games. No, fuck no. They're going to be beating down your door because I'm going to have you do it for me. <laughs> well, they've got a lot more they could beat down my door for. So. <laughs> oh, jeez. Weird porn.
0: <laughs> no, we've got, yeah, I've got like at least 10,000 games yeah. on a hard drive.
1: Including that, that weird uncover nudie pictures game. What was it called again? Fantasia. Yeah, that's right. In fact, I was reading something recently or maybe I was watching an interview where somebody was talking about that game. Oh really? Yeah, and I was I was like, holy shit. We just we just fucking talked about this. Like, what are the odds? I didn't know anybody else in the world ever played this. Yeah, yeah. I I've not
0: ever talked to someone about it other than folks that played it on my machine.
1: Yeah. Well, now everybody knows about it cuz, you know, all of our listeners.
0: They're they're all probably playing it right now.
1: Yeah. So, speaking of people who know about us, um we got a review. Ooh. Yeah. All right. This is from Casey. Let's see. Casey said, hey, been listening to your podcast. Did the spoiler end game and on video game part two. I think he's saying he's on video games part, part two as far as listening. go, It's really good. You can tell you outline your episodes and discuss the topics without getting flustered or don't know what to say. The magic of editing. <laughs> yeah, no shit. When I read that, I was like, oh boy, you're, you're not watching us live. Wow. Um, then he say, he goes on to say, I think a huge part of your entertainment is you also both have interesting histories in this and your voices ear openers. So I think your voices are ear openers, meaning you have very audibly pleasant voices. Well, thank you very much, Casey. I do try.
0: Oh yeah, that's good. I thought he was saying they're so grating. They just, they force their way into your ears.
1: Yeah. They open up your ears and they bleed all over the place.
0: Stab like (laughs) a hot knife. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Casey.
1: Yeah, we do appreciate it. Thank you for coming with us folks on this uh disk spinning cartridge plugging adventure. I don't know. We're running out of uh out of video game metaphors. That that's another place where this is a kind of a dry area. There's nothing super special that stands out about this except polygons. But if you want to let us know how we have done this day, you can email us at email at geeksplorationpodcast.com. Um, or if you'd like to find us on the social medias, we have a Facebook page, Geeksploration the Podcast. We are on Instagram at Geek Podcast and Twitter at pod.
0: Well, if you enjoyed the podcast, please uh, leave us a review at uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever else they may take reviews. But yeah, go ahead and leave us a, uh, a five memory slot review yeah and we'd really appreciate
1: it that's a lot of memory slots
2: yeah
0: it's like m- most of them i think
1: <laughs> yeah i don't i don't think there were even that many
0: our theme song is cruising for goblins by kevin McLeod of com. and remember
1: when you've got sega saturn nothing else matters because you've already given up